ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Friday the 13th. Welcome in. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is open this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll get your text in this hour. We'll get a jam-packed show today. We're going to hear in just a few minutes from the play-by-play voice of the Georgia State Panthers, Dave Cohen. He's going to come on, and we're going to talk a little bit about the game tomorrow. And, of course, we're going to preview the game in just a few minutes as the Thundering Herd getting set for Georgia State. It's a 4 o'clock airtime right here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. As both teams come into the contest, 4-1. and one. Both teams come into the contest after a loss. The difference here is Georgia State's had an extra week to get ready for the Thundering Herd. Marshall had to get on the plane, get back to Huntington, and then get ready for Georgia State. And then the herd's got to do that again, get on the plane, get back to Huntington, and then they've got a few short days to get ready for JMU. And by the way, we're going to have tickets for that game coming up on Monday and Tuesday. We're going to have four packs for the game each day. We'll give you an opportunity to win on Monday, and you're going to have to have that text line handy because that number is how you win. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Now, yesterday, and to be fair, a couple of days, we've been talking a little bit about color schemes for the Thundering Herd. A lot of people like the traditional colors of green and white. Some think that the black is a little too much. Texter writes in and says, Paul, I'm an old coot. And I like the black to a point. I think throwback uniforms will be best for homecoming. As the all-whites, the softball team has a cool Buffalo logo that would look great on a white helmet, maybe with a script, The Herd, on the other side. Go Herd. That could look cool as well. I, I'm okay with variations. I don't think you have to have the same helmet all the time, but you have to have a good reason for an alternate in different sports, they have alternate jerseys all the time because they're trying to sell alternate jerseys. They're trying to sell you the home jersey, trying to sell you the road jersey, trying to sell you the alternate jersey. And of course, you know, there's a multitude of games in, in basketball and baseball and hockey, football. You get in college, you get 12 minimum. Pro, you get 17 minimum. So there's a few more opportunities as you progress. But I think some alternate uniforms would be really cool. And again, I saw that one that someone sent me. It was the Kelly Green helmet. It had a script Marshall on the side. It looked really sharp. So that was an outstanding helmet. I hope that the Thundering Herd will put a green helmet out. I'd love to see a Kelly Green helmet. But the white helmet, always a classic. So the game's coming up tomorrow. We're going to be live at Giovanni's 20th Street for another edition And we invite you to join us for West Virginia and Appalachian Laborers District Council College Football Today. It's presented by Lyona, your workforce solution, WVLDC.org. We'll be there 4 o'clock, and that's going to be a great place to watch the game tomorrow. And, of course, we always invite you to listen to the game on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So the game's tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Are we ready? One final look at this game before Saturday, and we get it all underway with the kickoff. 
Ladies and gentlemen, will you take your seats, please? Here we go. There's the kickoff. When the Marshall Thundering Herd lost to the NC State Wolfpack 48-41 on Saturday, Thundering Herd coach Charles Huff knew exactly how long it had been since he last spoke to the media after a loss. Um, 342 days since I had to stand at the podium after a loss. Um, again, I told the players that when you have a team or a program that expects to win, those type of things happen. Just because you expect to win doesn't mean you always win. Um, but it's the character, it's the you know, culture, it's the approach that you have uh, when you win or when you lose. As far as Marshall linebacker Owen Porter is concerned, the win the previous week over Old Dominion was already a loss for the Thundering Herd. I didn't even really notice that it was 342 days. Uh, I know for a lot of the defensive guys after the ODU game, although we did win, it felt like a loss. It was the first time we'd ever given up uh, probably over 40 points since uh Sam and I were probably redshirt freshmen against Cincinnati, um, and that was not a good feeling. It felt like a loss to us, so, you know, losing to NC State just stung even more. Marshall expected to win going into the game with the NC State Wolfpack. That's the culture that Coach Huff has created at Marshall, so it's understandable if the team would be dejected after losing a winnable game. That's not the reaction that Coach Huff got from his team. They've actually been pissed off about it, you know, because they didn't feel like they got beat. They felt like, yes, don't get me wrong, NC State played a heck of a game and then they won the game, but <clears throat> they felt like we missed some opportunities, you know. I mean, you put the work in like these guys have and you put the hours in and the commitment. If you're going to go out, beat us. Don't just let us feel like, hey, we missed opportunities. Don't get me wrong. Um, NC State created some of those opportunities. They took advantage of some of our missed opportunities. Um, but, you know, when you felt like you left some points out there, you know, if we didn't turn the ball over five times on offense and lose three of them, you feel like we're in a different scenario. The team might have the right attitude after the loss, but attitude and action are two different things, and this week Coach Huff is looking for action. Being pissed off is an action. You have to do something about it. You know, being mad is an emotion. Um, so the action is we got to come out, we got to fix those things, we got to come out, we got to come out with a really good plan this week. Uh, we got to go back to the process and start over with really good week of preparation, really good go out and play really hard, play really well and consistent on Saturday. Um, and no disrespect, Georgia State doesn't care that you lost. <laughs> they don't. Marshall offensive lineman Logan Osborne thinks that being pissed off is actually a much-needed tool that the team can learn from. You kind of have to use it almost like as a weapon. You know, um, you got take back, take a step back and see like what did we do good at, and what did we not do so well at, and it's a great learning tool. You know, you don't want to necessarily learn that way off of a, like a loss, but you know, it, it can help you eventually. You know, at the end of the day, you know, all we want is in front of us. So we're starting Sunbelt, or we're continuing our Sunbelt uh, conference play now, and. All we want is in front of us. Now that Marshall can fully focus on league play, the challenge will be an improved Georgia State Panthers squad that comes into the game 4-1. and one. And they're a lot different from the team that the Thundering Herd faced last season. Drastically improved from last year. You can kind of see um, you know, Coach Elliott's been building that program, um, developing players, and doing a really good job in recruiting. Um, and I think you're starting to see it by the way they play. Um, you can see that their veteran players are starting to have more consistency in the system. Um, our quarterback is phenomenal. Um, he's going to be a problem for us. We're going to have to make sure we have a great plan for him. Um, the running back does a really good job. Usually when you have a mobile quarterback, the running back kind of benefits from that. Um, they've got some receivers that you know can get down the field and some of the schemes they run, they do a really good job of stressing your coverage. And then defensively, they've got some really good players up front. 
um, on the D-line and linebacker level that were going to um, cause some issues for us. Just making sure we were blocked the right way, we were pointed the right way, um, we were able to run the ball and throw the ball consistently, um, all those things. Uh, they played really hard on special teams as well. Um, special teams have been an area that's kind of gotten better for us, you know, as the season's going on. On offense, Georgia State is led by quarterback Darren Granger. He is second in the Sun Belt in total offense with 295 yards per game, ranking 23rd in all of FBS. When you talk about pure athleticism and speed and quick twitch, he's probably, you know, at the top of the list. You know, I thought drones um, challenged us, but he was a little bit more of a bigger physical runner. Um, he, uh, Granger's got a little bit more quick twitch. Um, they've all thrown very well. He throws very well. I think the one thing that's improved drastically from last year with him is he throws the ball a lot better. Um, last year it was more sprint outs. It was more, you know, kind of rollouts. But now he's standing in the pocket. He's concepting. He's throwing the ball down the field. He's taking off when he needs to. Um, he's playing quarterback. He's not just out there playing athlete. Um, and that, those are the ones that kind of give you, you know, lose sleep at night because he's truly playing quarterback. I mean, he's going through his progressions, he's going through his reads, and he can take off. Granger has completed 69% of his passes for 1,187 yards, and his top target is Robert Lewis. He leads the Panthers with 26 receptions for 500 yards and five touchdowns. Both key players for Owen Porter. Um, Georgia State has a very good quarterback. We saw him firsthand last year. Uh, kid makes plays with his arm, makes plays with his feet. Uh, you got to corral him or he'll get out of there and he can run. Uh, I think in the UConn game, he had a 60-yard touchdown, so he's got some burners on him. Um, they got a good wide receiver, number one, uh, and a good running back. They both are able to run. Uh, what Number one's a very good wide receiver. He's kind of his go-to guy, especially on third down, so got to be able to corral and, and get after the quarterback and affect his throws, especially as the defensive line. Granger will stress Marshall with his ability to find the open receiver or just take off with the ball. You play a quarterback just takes off, it's like, oh, great, you know he's going to take off the line, so you know you rush three steps and sit down. Um, but he's going through progressions. He's, you know, obviously he's running the read zone, which, you know, creates some issues because now when he pulls it, he's as much of a threat to go the distance as the running back. Um, so we got to have a really good plan. We got a good plan, obviously, We've played him in the past, you know, so we've got some um, familiarity with you know, his skill set. I think he's improved. I think the running back um, has developed really well. Um, he runs hard. He runs low. He's quick. Um, breaks a lot of tackles. Um, so we're going to have to do a really good job. You know, tackling has been one of the things that's shown up uh, for us, you know, that, that, that's hurt us. Um, we have to do a really good job of that. And Owen Porter is impressed with Granger's ability to run the offense. I think the Granger kid just knows the offense better. He's kind of taking that step, and he's going to carry the team. Right? Uh, you watch a lot of the games. Big plays come off of him. He builds motivation for their team. Um, he allows, he helps the defense and the special teams to perform the way that they do based off of how he plays. So I think a lot of it runs through him. Um, I think they finally figured out their culture and, and their type of playing football. Um, they play tough just like we do. Uh, and we just have to go out there and, you know, make it work. On defense, Georgia State won't be as big or attacking as the NC State defense was last week, but they offer a different challenge. The Panthers are second in the Sun Belt and 21st at FBS in rushing defense at 102.2 yards given up per game. Linebacker John Trey Hunter leads the defense with 39 tackles. 
Quarterback Gavin Pringle leads the way with the Panthers. He has two interceptions. Yeah, they're good. They're a little different, you know. Um, like I said, I thought NC State you know, pressured a lot, you know what I mean? So that kind of puts you in a different scenario. And then across the board, man for man, you kind of felt like if we weren't at least barely even, we would probably outmatch. You know, Georgia State's a little bit more conceptually different. You know, they don't blitz as much. They do have some really good players. There's going to be some spots where we're outmatched. Um, so we got to do a really good job of taking advantage of that. Um, but their scheme's a little different, so they don't really stress you as much, if that makes sense. No, they stress you in other ways. They're really good against the run. You know, I think the back has played really good. You know, that number one in there, he's moved kind of from nickel last year to Mike Linebacker this year. He's really good. They've got two guys on the edge that can rush. Um, so it's a different type of challenge, if that makes sense. For Logan Osborne, the team won't be as big as NC State, but they are strong. I mean, physically they're they're smaller, but they give great effort, just like them. Um, they're great. Um, they're big. They're strong. You know, they have that leverage on them. And I think their culture has totally changed from last year. Um, it seems like a totally different team. They got a new defensive coordinator. Um, you know, they're they're running after the ball, just giving great effort on play. Something that we didn't really see last year. For Marshall to win the game, Owen Porter knows the defense will need to clean up mistakes and play with more discipline. Uh, we got to play more discipline on the defense for sure. Uh, we've been getting away with it, getting away with it, getting away with it, and came back and bit us in the butt. We too many MAs, too many missed tackles, and it showed and we lost. Too many explosive plays off of them. For Marshall coach Charles Huff, it just all comes down to how his team responds. It comes down to what we do, you know, how well do we execute. You know, we go over there and turn the ball over three times, we're not going to win. So if you're going to the game and you turn it over three times and give up explosive plays, you're not going to win. There's no secret formula. Um, but if we take care of the ball, we limit or minimize the explosive plays. They got a really good offense, so they're going to have some some explosive plays in there. You got to minimize them. You can't let them be catastrophic. Um, we give ourselves a chance, and that's all you can ask for. This is the Tri-State's voice. The Marshall Thundering Herd. practicing my order for the Marshall Hall of Fame Cafe. BOGO Wing Blitz! What's a BOGO Wing Blitz? It's the best play in college football, baby! Marshall Hall of Fame Cafe College Game Day BOGO Wing Blitz! Every college football game day, buy one jumbo traditional wing and get one free! Plus $3 domestic tall drafts! BOGO Wing Blitz! At the Marshall Hall of Fame Cafe on the corner of Fun and 3rd Avenue in downtown Huntington. Check out Working Man's Store in Huntington, the biggest inventory of scrubs in West Virginia, featuring brands such as MedCouture, Infinity, Dickies, and Cherokee at the best price. Working Man's Store has one of the largest selections of big and tall shirts, jackets, and jeans in the area. Working Man's Store is the king of blue jeans with Levi's, Dickies, Carhartt, Lee, and Wranglers in sizes up to 72. And Working Man's Store has the best selection of men's work boots and casual shoes anywhere at the best price. Working Man's Store, open every day at 145th Avenue New Huntington. Stalwart Insurance is the name for insurance in the tri-state. They are committed to delivering tailored benefit solutions with thoughtful, strategic planning with valuable professional services. Stop by or call Stalwart Insurance for your homeowner's insurance needs. Stalwart Insurance is located right beside Kenny Queen Hardware on Route 10 in Barbersville. Call Stalwart Insurance anytime at 304-552-3883. That's 304-552-3883. Or visit them online at stalwartinsurance.com. 
Imagine this. It's a chilly winter morning. It snowed a little overnight. You think to yourself, is my car ready for this? There are multiple steps you could take to see if your car is ready for winter. Or one simple one. Have the pros at TikTok Tire make sure your car is ready for winter. They'll check your battery, tires, fluids, wipers, and hoses. Don't get caught out in the cold this winter. Give the pros at TikTok Tire a call and they'll be happy to answer any questions. Winterize your car at TikTok Tire, 2102 3rd Avenue, Huntington. Call today for your appointment at 304-525-7831. Metro Community Federal Credit Union has been serving the Huntington community for 70 years and is proud to announce our newest location in Lavalette. We look forward to bringing the residents of Wayne County a modern banking facility, a full range of services, advanced technology, expert financial advice, community involvement, and even a smart coffee kiosk cafe. Learn more about Metro Community Federal Credit Union online at Metro Community FCU.com. Equal housing lender, member NCUA. When kids master math and reading at Kumon Learning Centers, they also gain discipline, independence, and confidence. Give your child an academic advantage by enrolling them in Kumon's math and reading program this fall and save. Every child learns at a different pace. With an individualized Kumon learning plan, you can set your child up for a lifetime of success. Start with practice at Kumon. Enroll today and save up to $80. Call 1-800-ABC-MATH. Attention all Tri-State shooting enthusiasts. Get ready to take your skills to the next level at Bear Arms Indoor Range and Training Facility in Huntington. Immerse yourself in the first and only video interactive live fire state-of-the-art shooting range. And polishing your skills will make you hungry. So head next door to Bombshells and Ales and check out the new menu items like steak and homestyle meatloaf. The range at Bear Arms is fully open and better than ever. Bear Arms Indoor Range and Training Facility and Bombshells and Ales, 5th Street Road in Huntington. For over a century, this is 930 WRVC, West Virginia's oldest radio station. Radio 93. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line is open 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Don't forget, coming up tonight, Marshall men in action on the pitch. Take it on Coastal Carolina. That's 715 at Hoops Family Field. And, of course, we've got the game for you tomorrow, Marshall at Georgia State. 4 o'clock airtime right here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. Want to welcome to the program now, Georgia State play-by-play announcer Dave Cohen. Dave, welcome back. It's been a while since we had a chance to talk. I'm excited for this one on Saturday. Marshall and Georgia State, two teams uh, have improved over last year, but I think all the talk this week has been about how well that Georgia State has really improved from last year. Well, really, it's a program in a little bit of a transition, as a lot of programs are, Paul, and thanks for having me. Uh, But, you know, the transfer portal has, you know, so changed the way coaches and coaching staffs put their rosters together. You know, the last time we saw Marshall, we were uh, were up there in Huntington, West Virginia, and we lost a close football game in the first meeting. Uh, with Marshall being in the league, you know, for the first go through a year ago. And, you know, Georgia State ended up finishing four and eight after coming off an eight win season two years ago. And there was a lot of optimism, optimism heading into last year, Um, but it didn't work out. And a big part of the uh, situation in hindsight was close losses, not able to finish football games. 
But, you know, if we were sitting here and doing this interview a year ago at this time, five games in, uh, I think Georgia State was one in four. And one of the situations, you know, most notably a year ago was just the difficulty and the strength of schedule out of the gate a year ago when Georgia State opened on the road uh, at Williams-Brice Stadium against South Carolina and lost, you know, a game that was uh, falls into the category of a woulda, coulda, shoulda, uh, some bad turnovers in the second half after the Georgia State was leading. And then they come home and lose uh, in a shootout to North Carolina. So although there were two close games and games that, you know, if you had watched it, you'd say Georgia State had a chance to win one or both, at that point, they were 0-2, and then they lost to Charlotte uh, in a 42-41 shootout in Atlanta. My point is, is that this year we opened up at home with Rhode Island, week two against UConn, uh, then went on the road back-to-back weeks and beat Charlotte and beat Coastal Carolina. The schedule, Paul, was set up such that it was not as challenging at the beginning of the season, allowing a much different-looking, in some areas, Georgia State football team to get off to a good start and bring some positivity around the program, as opposed to starting out 0-3 or 1-4 and and then spending the middle four weeks of the season trying to dig out of a hole. Looking back at that Troy game, first loss of the season, and you can look at the score and say, okay, well, Troy had their way with, with Georgia State 28-7. But that really isn't the case. This is one of those where Troy maybe benefited a lot more from Georgia State mistakes than actually going out there and just beating the Panthers. Yeah, no question. And, you know, one of the things we mentioned more than once on our broadcast, uh, and this was really one of the first challenges for Georgia State because week four we were at Coastal Carolina and then week five at home with Troy. Those that follow the Sun Belt know that in back-to-back weeks, Georgia State played the two teams that played for the Sun Belt Conference Championship a year ago, which for Georgia State was a really good barometer. Uh, where are we with our program five weeks into the season? And again, at 4-1, and one, and you know, Darren Granger, uh, our third-year quarterback, has been great since he's been at Georgia State, transferring from Furman a few years ago. And uh, But he had gone through the first four games uh, without an interception and without a turnover. And the turnover bug bit against Troy, and they're a good football team. Again, they, they didn't win the Sun Belt Conference Championship a year ago uh, because they're not a good football team and they're not capable. But we turned it over with two interceptions, And then we had the ball inside the one-yard line about to score, and miscommunication on the snap results in a fumble at the one, and there goes that scoring opportunity. And then, you know, really to close it out, Troy put together a drive there in the fourth quarter uh, of eight-plus minutes, and, you know, Georgia State trailing uh, by what they were at that point just didn't have enough time to come back. But the turnovers really hurt. Um, And so as a result, you know, Georgia State's 4-1. and Uh, The heads and the helmets are not down there. They had a week off, which really came at a good time, and now getting ready for a 4-1 and Marshall team that lost at NC State but scored 41 points uh, in doing so. So I think it's going to be an interesting matchup, and it will also feature two of the top running backs in the Sun Belt, Georgia State's Marcus Carroll and, of course, Rasheen Ali for the Thundering Herd. Yeah, Marshall has, at times, given up a lot of big runs up the middle, not only to running backs but to quarterbacks as well. I'll start with Granger. He's the type of quarterback that he's going to sit back there, pick the defense apart. He's going to find the open man. He's going to run the system. But he can take off as well if he needs to. Well, you know, the interesting thing about Darren, when you look back the last, I don't know, two, three years at the Georgia State statistics sheet, 
you know, last year he was our leading rusher at the end of the season, which those of us that follow it week by week knew that. But, you know, so much of the run game focused on uh, Tucker Gregg and Jemias Williams, two kids that exhausted their eligibility and, and are not with us anymore. Um, but Darren, in the offseason with a new strength and conditioning coach, you know, bulked up, uh, put on, I don't know, 15 to 20 pounds of weight and muscle. Uh, and with the expressed intent and reason, is because he is such a mobile quarterback, and it, there are so many plays designed for him to run that ball basically in between the tackles up the middle. Uh, that he, you know, he needed to bulk up to be able to take the pounding and the uh, the shots that he takes basically as a quarterback dash running back. Uh, but you know, he's been efficient throwing the football coming into this game. He's right at 68%, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he's run with it 58 times. The cool thing is he averages five yards every time he tucks it and runs, and he's got three rushing touchdowns. So Darren is one of those quarterbacks, and you see him across college football. He can definitely hurt you in the air, and but he's definitely one of those guys, again, a little bit bigger and stronger than a year ago, who can tuck it and run and, and really do some damage at five yards a carry on average. Yeah, and that's been a focus for the Thundering Herd. You've seen the her gives up monumental plays up the middle at times, and they're almost backbreakers. And, and then you throw in Marcus Carroll, and as you mentioned, you know two of the best running backs in the Sun Belt will be featured on Saturday. The challenge for Marshall, however, is that Georgia State run defense, which has been really good at stopping the run. Yeah, and that's always been, uh, you know, since Coach Elliott got here. Uh, you know, I think Georgia State historically has kind of been in the situation that you just mentioned regarding Marshall. Uh, had the propensity to give up, you know, large, big plays, big chunks of yardage, uh, a lot of it on the ground. And we saw that a lot last year as well um, as the season went on. But, uh, yeah, I think one of the big changes for Georgia State and it doesn't take a football scientist to see it. The scheme changed a little bit this year. Uh, Coach Elliott's previous defensive coordinator uh, left Georgia State and is now at Cincinnati. So he brought in Chad Staggs, who spent the last four years at Coastal Carolina as the defensive coordinator. And he has come in and, you know, not completely rearranged all the furniture in the house, but he has made some what we'll call significant changes, some position changes with guys. And uh, I think, you know, through the first four games, again, not so much against Troy, but kind of against Troy as well, uh, they've been effective. Uh, and so one of the main objectives was obviously, as it is with every D uh, DC, you got to arrange, you know, your players so that you're not giving up the big plays in the air across the middle or on the ground in between the tackles. So Georgia State has gotten better at that. Are, are they great at it? Like a lot of teams, no, but they're definitely better. And the schemes that Coach Staggs has brought in uh, so far, for the most part, have been very effective. Dave Cohen's with us. He is the longtime play-by-play -play voice of Panther Athletics. You've been at this for 41 years I know football hasn't been around for 41 years, so that's what I want to ask next. It's homecoming for Georgia State. How important is homecoming now? This program continues to grow, and we've gotten to the point now where homecoming means something at Georgia State. Yeah, you know, I've been at Georgia State, like you said, 41 years. Uh, I'm an alum, came here in, in 1982 as a student, and the place has really, really changed um, when, when you look back at, at the history of the university. You know, I was fortunate that uh, 
for all those years just doing basketball and baseball, when we did not have football, because we didn't add it until 2010, I was able to work up on the radio crew at Furman University in Greenville. So I had a pretty good working knowledge of, you know, FCS football, the Southern Conference, and so on and so forth. Matter of fact, with Furman, you know, made a couple of trips up to Huntington back in the day. I think when Randy Moss and, and Chad Pennington were uh, playing for Marshall. So had the pleasure of visiting there even before they joined the Sunbelt Conference. But yeah, Georgia State is is the largest university in the state of Georgia. It's uh, just south of 54,000 students with a, you know, a huge campus and a huge presence in downtown Atlanta. And then, um, I don't know, six, I think it's six satellite campuses in and around the city. And, you know, when you look back, the average age of the Georgia State student, even when I was in school, was up about 28, 29 years old. Because you had a lot of working people who were taking classes, you know, while they were employed, getting a a master's degree or finishing a bachelor's degree. And what has happened with adding all the on-campus housing that they are building downtown, adding football, the average age of the Georgia State student has progressively gotten younger and younger. So in in a, a long answer to your question, yeah, homecoming means a lot more now because the student population has gotten younger and the kids that are arriving at Georgia State that have experienced the excitement and the festivities of a homecoming at the high school level are now able to do that at Georgia State. It's just a little different because it's in the middle of the city of Atlanta as opposed to being in some you know, smaller town or smaller city with a lot more green space. We're right in the middle of downtown Atlanta. I mean, we're four blocks from CNN Center, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, State Farm Arena. I mean, Georgia State is a huge part of downtown Atlanta. And it still has a college feel as well. You know, you, you look at the, the landscape and, yeah, sure, you, you play in, in a, a facility that's been repurposed for football, but it feels like college football in downtown Atlanta. It sure does. And, you know, even watching the Braves the other night in the uh, in the playoffs, there's, there was a lot of hullabaloo when they left downtown Atlanta because, you know, the facility started as Olympic Stadium back during the, the Atlanta Summer Olympics of 96 and then followed up with, I don't know, 20 or so years of Atlanta Braves baseball. And then the Braves made the decision to vacate downtown and head up Interstate 75 to Marietta where they built Truist Park. I mean, what a blessing for Georgia State because not only did in the, in the deal – and there's a construction, I mean, there's a development company, Carter, that partnered with the university in divvying up all that property. But not only did, uh, did Georgia State get what was Turner Field and is now Center Park Stadium, they got the land where Atlanta Fulton County Stadium used to sit. And eventually we're going to build a college baseball stadium on that site. And all around that is, you know, apartments and student housing. And then they just opened up a public shopping center across the street from that and what was the gold lot parking lot. So there's been a lot of development down in that area that probably doesn't happen if the Braves stay in downtown. And if the Braves stay in downtown, where does Georgia State end up playing football? Because when we started in 2010, we were playing in the Georgia Dome, kind of sharing, for lack of a better term, the facility with the Falcons and everything else going on in there. So the Braves actually leaving and going north has been a blessing for Georgia State with regards to not only getting Turner Field and converting it to football, but all the student housing and the development that's going up all in and around the stadium. It's made a world of a difference down in that area. How well does West Durham share a radio booth? Well, we only shared one back in the Georgia Dome, and uh, you know, I know Wes a little bit. We get along. And, uh, of course, you know, the Falcons had 
a little bit more of a presence in the Georgia Dome than Georgia State did, you know, back in 2010, 11, and 12, and so forth. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those folks that, uh, although Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Falcons play now is nice, I mean, basically the city tore down a 20-year-old Georgia Dome that, from my vantage point, in my opinion, was a perfect facility. Um, but, you know, we have a habit of doing that in this town anyway. So so be it as it may, you know, the, getting Turner Field and converting it uh, from baseball to football was cool to watch. Uh, and it's, it's interesting to watch it all morph in real time, you know, into what is becoming, you know, a fantastic area down there in and around the stadium. Hopefully homecoming tomorrow will have a really good crowd. Um, and, you know, the atmosphere and the festivities – uh, we'll make for a great afternoon, and then we'll play football tomorrow night, and we'll see what happens. Looking forward to it. Center Park Stadium, ESPN2, and, of course, uh, locally we'll have the game here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're speaking with the longtime voice of the Georgia State Panthers, Dave Cohen. And, Dave, uh, it's going to be a fun one tomorrow. We're looking forward to this one. I think a lot of her fans have actually circled this one because of, of where it's at, how well Georgia State has improved, and just the fact that, you're looking for new rivals, and I think that the last year's contest maybe informed this year. Hard-fought game. I'm looking for more of the same. Well, you know, those of those of us that follow Georgia State football and follow college football, you know, know of the history and the tradition of Marshall Thundering Herd football and how good the program has been and how good it is now. Uh, we saw that once again last year when we made the trip to Huntington and lost that game. I think, it, what was it, 28-23 or something like that. But, um, you know, with what Coach Huff has done up there, uh, with the personnel that they've got, as I said, I'm looking forward to seeing two of the top running backs uh, in Ali and Carroll. Looking forward to seeing Cam Fancher. Had a chance to watch most of that game that they played at NC State. And not often that I pull for Marshall, but anytime one of our Sunbelt, you know, brother in schools are playing a Power Five, we're all pulling for them to take down that Power Five as I was last Saturday. And uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to do it, but it was great to be able to watch them and, uh, you know, know that we're going to see them uh, here in Atlanta, you know, come Saturday night. That says a lot. You've got a, a coach with Appalachian State background, and you've got uh, a play-by-play announcer with some Furman background and yourself. So that says a lot. For I'm a Southern Conference kid as well. So back in the day, you know, those are those are the rivalries that mattered to me. You know, when you tell people that, and I can, re- I mean, you remember this as well, it, as crazy as it sounds, you know, Furman and Wofford had a great rivalry. Furman and Georgia Southern had a great rivalry, and they're two diabolically opposite type of, of uh, schools. You know, Georgia Southern, where I've got a freshman in school now down there, uh, you know, public university, state of Georgia, Furman, small, private, uh, yet for whatever reason, the football rivalry between those two when I was doing radio work on the Furman side uh, was fantastic. I mean, you, people don't realize how good Southern Conference football was or still is, but was back when I was around it, you know, on a weekly basis. Again, Marshall was an outstanding program. Appalachian State was and still is an outstanding program. Georgia Southern, Furman, uh, Wofford. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing one, but UT Chattanooga. There's a lot of really good programs, you know, that have called the Southern Conference home over the years. And now we've got a few of them, you know, that have made the jump to FBS and are with us now in the in the Sunbelt Conference, which many people will tell you the best G5 in uh, college football. And you can drill a little deeper. That Sunbelt East is a beast and is going to be every year. I agree with you completely. Dave Cohen's with us. Before I let you go, we'll just go slightly off topic since we're talking a little bit about some of these rivalries. Um, explain to me the 
the pure hatred I get the vibe off of of Georgia Southern and Georgia State. I always see the state, not Southern Post. Uh, you know that that's really taking it to the next level. It is, and Georgia State and Georgia Southern have always had a, a decent rivalry over the years, uh, going back to our days in the old Trans America Athletic Conference, which became the Atlantic Sun, which is what it, it is now, the A Sun. But it it really only reached the level of men's and women's basketball, and you know maybe baseball a little bit. It really went to the next level when we added football at Georgia State. And then after three years, we're holding a press conference in the Georgia Dome to announce that we're making a return to the Sun Belt. Because a lot of folks don't realize when the Sun Belt Conference formed back in the mid-70s, Georgia State was an original member of the Sun Belt when it was a basketball-only league. So for us, it was actually a return to the Sun Belt. Only this time, when we were coming into the league, we're coming in and really based on the fact that we've added football and you know the Sun Belt had lost some schools. Uh, like Western Kentucky and Florida International, Florida Atlantic. So they were looking to add, and Georgia State was convenient because we were a former Sun Belt school and we're in the middle of downtown Atlanta. So, you know, that worked out well. But once we added football and then made the announcement that we were going to the FBS level four years in, as crazy as that sounds, yeah, I think it gave notice or served notice that uh, as good as they were as an FCS program down in Statesboro, that in order to keep up with the Joneses, Georgia Southern was going to have to make that decision, you know, to jump to FBS. And so then Georgia Southern coming into the Sun Belt has really been, I think, a blessing for both schools because it has taken that rivalry to the next level above and beyond basketball uh, because at football, obviously, that's, that's where you get a lot of the emotion. And it's been great, you know. Uh, the first time we played them in the Georgia Dome, they crushed us 69-31, to 31, I think the final score was. And they were calling the Georgia Dome Paulson Stadium North. And, you know, it really lit a fire under the rivalry. But it's interesting to note that in the nine times that Georgia State and Georgia Southern have played in football, Georgia State has won six of them. So, and we've got them in a couple weeks on a Thursday night on national television down in Statesboro, which should make for an outstanding atmosphere. But, yeah, it's been really good. Down here, it's a lot of Georgia Tech in Georgia, uh, but Georgia State, Georgia Southern, you know, gets its fair share of the notoriety. It's kind of like the little brother, you know, to Georgia Tech in Georgia. But as the rivalry continues and more games get played, it's certainly a solidifying itself across the state of Georgia between the city of Atlanta and Statesboro. You know, it's a fun one. I'll be watching that one for sure. And um, I will be rooting for Georgia State in that contest only because, again, I go back to those Southern Conference days. I didn't like Georgia Southern either back in the day, so I'll be rooting for Georgia State. So state, not Southern, is what's happening. Well, you know what we say, you know what we say, Paul, uh, on the Georgia State radio network when uh, when it comes to Georgia Southern. And again, I have to admit, I've got a freshman down there, albeit I don't know how that happened, but it did. But we say, kind of jokingly, but only half jokingly, Paul, what's the nicest thing about Statesboro? I don't know. What is? When it's in your rear view mirror and you're getting on 16 and getting out of there. <laughs> I love this is what I love about college football. I love rivalries right this. It's all in fun kind of, but it's all in fun and this is what I love about college football. Yeah, when we were down there, I don't know, a couple of months ago now to move my youngest into the dorm. Only half kiddingly, but very adamantly, my wife said you are not going to wear a Georgia State football or a Georgia State basketball t-shirt. You are going to dress as if no one is going to know that you have any connection to Georgia State. So, this time I didn't really put up a a verbal battle with her. I wore a, a nondescript T-shirt, went into Statesboro, almost like I was undercover, moved him into his dorm, and then got out of there. Smart. In and out real quick. Smart. Yeah. 
exactly. Well, sometimes you know things mistakes happen. Sometimes, and you know it, you know, it it happens. He'll maybe he'll yeah, learn the well, error of his ways, right? Well, I don't know. I don't. He, you know, he seems to like it down there. So, uh, again, above all the kidding aside, I'm glad he's down there. I'm glad he's having a good experience, and you know that's really what matters at the end of the day. But you know, he and I will always now, if if he does truly become a dyed in the wool Georgia Southern fan, uh, he and I will always have that uh, rivalry between us just here within our family. I love it. My guest has been Dave Cohen, 41st season as a play-by-play voice of Panther Athletics. Always a pleasure to get back together with you. Looking forward to the game on Saturday, and we can't wait to get you back here in Huntington soon. Looking forward to it. I'll be up there with uh, Georgia State basketball before you know it. So, uh, yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, looking forward to a good game coming up on Saturday night here in Atlanta. When we continue, we'll get your text in, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I'm Paul Swan. You're listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is Coach Charles Huff, head football coach of your Thundering Herd. The snap, Shields backs up, throws to the left sideline, incomplete, intended for Bly. He missed it by a mile, and Marshall takes over, and the Herd will go to victory formation. For its next home appearance, the Herd has the national stage Thursday night football on October the 19th against Sunbelt preseason favorite James Madison. The time is now. We need for you to be right there with us in the zone. Get your tickets at HerdZone.com. Hey, Tri-State, Frank's Place is where friends hang out with friends. Stop on by for happy hour from 4 to 6 p.m. and a lot of daily specials. If you were a sports fan, we have what you need from the Sunday ticket for the NFL, college football, Major League playoffs, and more. Listen up, Tri-State. If you are a first responder, stop by Frank's Place and check out the specials we have just for you. Frank's Place, located at the River Place Plaza next to Fratelli's. Check us out on Facebook for weekly updates and specials. Frank's Place, your home away from home. For 176 years, it's been a Glockner family tradition to provide excellent customer service. And that tradition continues during Glocktoberfest at every Glockner location, where we're celebrating our past, present, and future. Yes, we celebrate you save with Glockner's lowest live market prices with no payments for 90 days. And we always put people over profit with no hidden fees. It's Glocktoberfest happening now. We make it easy at Glockner.com. Ashland Tomcat football season is in full swing, and the Tomcats have a new radio home, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. Download the app today or listen online at catsports933.com. The legendary Dickie Martin will bring you all of the exciting play-by-play action. The Tomcats are back on the road Friday the 20th, matching up against Johnson Central. Tomcats football on Cat Sports is sponsored by Kentucky Farmers Bank, McDonald's, McLeod's Body Shop, Giovanni's of Ashland, and Putnam Restoration. Ashland Tomcat football from Kindred Communications. Stalwart Insurance is the name for insurance in the Tri-State. They are committed to delivering tailored benefit solutions with thoughtful, strategic planning with valuable professional services. Stop by or call Stalwart Insurance for your homeowner's insurance needs. Stalwart Insurance is located right beside Kenny Queen Hardware on Route 10 in Barbersville. Call Stalwart Insurance anytime at 304-552-3883. That's 304-552-3883. Or visit them online at Stalwart Insurance. Picture a swimmer backstroking through a pool of lime jelly. Now picture yourself getting the new titanium iPhone 15 Pro. Now picture a lion and antelope hugging. Now picture yourself switching to Boost Infinite and getting the latest iPhone every year and unlimited wireless for just $60 a month. Now picture that swimmer again, but this time it's you and the pool is full of iPhones. 
and baby ducks. Boost Infinite. Infinitely better. Switch today. Just dial pound 250 and say Boost Infinite. Terms apply. After 30 gigabytes, service may be slowed. Receive a comparable iPhone model each year with an acceptable trade-in every year. Requires credit qualification and 36-month phone financing agreement. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from the station's network. The Greenup County Public Library has so many great events this month that it's spooky. Spooktacular will kick off at the McHale Branch October 23rd, at the Flatwoods Branch on October 26th, and the Greenup Branch on October 28th at 6 p.m. Spooktacular is for children ages 5 to 12, and online sign-up is required. Don't miss this year's Spooktacular. Visit the Greenup County Public Library Facebook page or website, ucmore.com slash greenup for complete details and other library news. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line this hour is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We've got a busy high school football Friday night for you. Of course, tomorrow it's college football with Marshall and Georgia State with our 4 p.m. airtime right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. But we've got high school football coming up tonight. Code number one, Huntington High at Parkersburg. We go on the air at 7 o'clock. You can also stream that game on our website, wrbc.com. we got video and we've got the radio broadcast on the website. Cabell Midland at Huntington. Check that. Cabell Midland at Hurricane coming up tonight as well. You can listen to that on our sister station, 97.9 The River. We've got Spring Valley at Capitol coming up at 7.30. That's going to be on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. And the Ashland Tomcats are off this week. Back in action next week. They've got Johnson Central. And, of course, we'll hear from Dickie Martin and a host of others next week as Marshall will be off. Thursday night, that's when we ramp things back up for Marshall and JMU. The Thundering Herd will be off on Saturday. It means we're going to have a lot more time to talk high school football next week. But a lot of big games coming up tonight. Check them out all across our Kindred Communication Radio stations. We will come back from break. We'll get some text in, and I'll tell you how you can win next week starting on Monday four-pack of tickets to go see the game between Marshall and JMU on Thursday. I'll give you those details when we continue on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Menards has the floor with the style you want and performance you need. Latitude Luxury Vinyl Plank from Shaw is the perfect choice to bring elegance to your home while standing up to the most demanding environments. It's waterproof, durable, and is easy to install. Latitude Vinyl Plank is just $2.99 a square foot after 11% rebate. Good through October 15th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Stuck in a state of falling behind, struggling to keep up with kids, finances, insurance, and life? Well, let your State Farm agent help you simplify and get to a better state. With State Farm handling your auto, home, and life insurance, you'll have more time to handle everything else. More money, too. Adding State Farm policies can earn discounts that could add up to 40%. Help you get ahead. Call an agent today and get to a better state with State Farm. In Huntington, Jeff Smith, 304-781-1234. In Milton, Eric Dodson, 304-390-4515. And in Wayne, Vicki Tabor, 304-272-5115. 
1-800-273-1149. Now is the time to add on a new bathroom or remodel your old one with the latest up-to-date bathroom fixtures from Mutual Wholesalers, 710 Fifth Street, Huntington. Come in today to Mutual Wholesalers' beautiful showroom and see how your new bathroom will look. Check out Acre by Max. Have a new bathroom this year. Mutual Wholesalers, locally owned and operated, 710 Fifth Street, Huntington. Call 304-525-9118. Giovanni's has great Italian dishes. Spaghetti with meat sauce, lasagna, ravioli, manicotti, and baked lasagna. Giovanni's has the best sandwiches around from the Stromboli, Italian sub, calzones, and their signature Big Red. All dinners will be served with hot garlic bread or Italian rolls. Giovanni's Pizza, fresh, hot, and tasty. Have it delivered right to your door. Giovanni's, the Italian place to be. Our Kindred Communications family of stations reminds you of the need for blood donations to the Red Cross. Blood is always needed. It may save your life or the life of a loved one. This reminder is brought to you in part by My Town Truck and RV of South Point. Visit MyTownTruckAndRV.com for more information. Bombshells Burgers and Barbecues, 5th Street Road in Huntington and Bombshells and Ales, Carter Avenue in Ashland. Blinko Glass Company of Milton. Visit Blinko.com for more information. Hey, Tri-State, Frank's Place is where friends hang out with friends. Stop on by for happy hour from 4 to 6 p.m. and a lot of daily specials. If you were a sports fan, we have what you need from the Sunday ticket for the NFL, college football, Major League playoffs, and more. Listen up, Tri-State. If you're a first responder, stop by Frank's Place and check out the specials we have just for you. Frank's Place, located at the River Place Plaza next to Fratelli's. Check us out on Facebook for weekly updates and specials. Frank's Place, your home away from home. Lawrence County residents, do you or someone you know with developmental disabilities need help in the home? Well, contact Lawrence County Developmental Disabilities. They help people who qualify for service find the supports they need to live safe, healthy, and productive lives. Autism, cerebral palsy, intellectual disabilities, and more. Lawrence County Developmental Disabilities sees the ability in every disability. Learn more about Lawrence County Developmental Disabilities at lawrencecountydd.org. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again playing high school sports workouts that stimulate teammates and coaches that care the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately that's what school sports are all about the sense of achievement is real and the camaraderie is hard to beat coping with uncertainty is difficult but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again encourage them to give it a try high school sports it's so much more than a game this message presented by the West Virginia Secondary School Activities Commission and the West Virginia Athletic Directors Association. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, we're going to be out at Giovanni's 20th Street for West Virginia and Appalachian Laborers District Council College Football Today. Presented by Lyona, your workforce solution, WVLDC.org. 
Also a great place to watch the game tomorrow. And, of course, we remind you, if you can't watch the game, you should always check out the radio side. Steve Cotton will have all the play-by-play action here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun one tomorrow. And, of course, hanging out at Giovanni's 20th Street is going to be fun as well. And then on Sunday, we've got the Bengals. Monday, the radio station turns 100, believe it or not. 1923, when the station became a radio station. And it has been continuously licensed since 1923, which makes it the oldest radio station in the state of West Virginia. First radio station to reach the 100 mark. So we get to celebrate all year long. And it starts on Monday. So I'm excited for that. You ever imagine working somewhere that's been around 100 years? I mean, I know there are some corporations that have been around for a while, but it's very rare And in this day and age, radio station reaching 100, that's fantastic. So I'm excited for it. A big part of that, of course, has been Marshall Athletics over the years. How many of you grew up listening to Marshall Athletics on the radio station? How many of you just found Marshall Athletics for the first time and radio has become a big part of that? So I'm excited to talk to you all season long. But, of course, Marshall football, big part Marshall Sports, period, big part of this radio station over the years. And I'm excited for the opportunity for hopefully another 100 years. I won't be around in another 100 years. It would be nice. If I can get to 150, that'd be okay. If I can get to the 150th celebration, that would be fantastic for me. I'm shooting for the 140th maybe. Maybe I can be around. That can be a 90, my 92. That would be cool. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, high school football action coming up tonight. That's on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Huntington High taking on Parkersburg. 7 o'clock airtime. Woody Woodrum, Christian Palmer, they're going to have all the play-by-play action. And then afterwards, we'll have game night with Fred Persinger. High school football begins at 7 here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in. I want to thank my guest tonight, the longtime voice of of Georgia State Athletics, Dave Cohen. Looking forward to talking to him during basketball season, but he was fun to talk to today. He's always welcome back on the program, and that's going to do it. Don't forget, you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Paul Swan. You can also find me on on Facebook. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a great night, everyone. And we'll be talking to you tomorrow at 4 o'clock from Giovanni's. Retransmitting in Glorious FM on 94.1 W227BS Huntington. This is 930 WRVC Huntington, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting. Introducing In Your Business, a podcast highlighting thriving Huntington area businesses. Presented by Moses Auto Mall. Online at MosesMeansMore.com. In Your Business tells the story of Huntington's successes and where you can gain invaluable insights and advice from seasoned entrepreneurs. Produced by Kindred Communications and the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce, find it on kindredcom.net, huntingtonchamber.org, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.